I'm Michael McMullen. And I'm John Mark Yates. Welcome to This Week in Church History. Welcome to This Week in Church History. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McMullen, and it is Easter week. And in 2020, this week is uh, quarantine week. How are you enjoying quarantine? Um, it's um, it's different. Um, <laughs> it, it's uh, fairly unprecedented, I think. It it really is, and as we uh, go through this, we've um, been thinking through and and looking at ways that we can um, understand and uh, Easter a little bit more. One of the things that's already uh, been in my feed a lot over the last couple of weeks are uh, people criticizing uh, Easter or having crazy thoughts about Easter. I've already seen the articles popping up that seem to happen perennially about uh, Easter is a pagan holiday. Easter is a co-opting of pagan myth. So our goal today is actually to talk about Easter and how do we get to the celebration of Easter uh, in church history and the way that we do what we do. So uh, Mike, why Easter? Why did the church even bother to celebrate uh, Easter? Well, of course, the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ is Christianity. But uh, the early church expected Jesus to return imminently. So they were not concerned to set up anniversaries of events even as important as the resurrection. So because Jesus has delayed his return, we then have to create a date for the anniversary of the resurrection. And people being people, um, we couldn't agree as to when that should happen. <laughs> well, I mean, it's obvious that the scriptures, it's tied to Passover, right? Yes. Jesus never celebrated Easter. He celebrated Passover. And so the debate in the church is when should we now celebrate the resurrection? Should we carry on with how the early Christians celebrated, which would have been Passover with the new element of the resurrection? Or should we move to a different date to separate ourselves from our Jewish friends? And it seems to me that uh, that question relating to uh, the Judaizing movement to um, distinction between the Jewish and Christian community ultimately is what leads to a separate holiday instead of just a continuation of Passover. And, and even more than that, you have an element within the early church, which of course carried on, which blamed the Jews for the death of Christ. And yeah. so you have an element then of anti-Semitism. Right. And that makes that even more difficult. Anything Jewish becomes bad, something that you want to separate yourself from. Yeah. So with this, I mean, we start seeing some patterns that emerge definitely by the second century, um, late second century, early third century of some traditions around Easter. One of those is Lent. Why Lent? What was the whole point of of celebrating something before Easter? You make yourself ready. You cut off things that brought you pleasure. You are seeking to identify with the suffering of Christ. So you try and keep bodily passions and appetites in check. So if we keep those in check, I mean, one of the things that uh, I love are stories, especially by the time you get to the fourth century, of Easter becoming the moment of baptism. It is like 
Baptism Sunday. Uh, Augustine writes about baptizing over 500 one Easter Sunday uh, in his region. And so this period of Lent as being a time of reflection for candidates for baptism um, to make sure that they really understood and were committed in, in, in this um, type of action, but then believers joining with the baptismal candidates to uh, be able to uh, prepare with them and prepare their hearts spiritually to celebrate um, the resurrection of Christ. And what a great, from an ecclesial standpoint, right, what a great image that that Easter Sunday becomes Baptism Sunday. Yeah, that you identify with the the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ and 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 confirms to me and many that the great symbolism that there is in immersion that's lost in many other modes of baptism. Right. And and even when you having stood in that uh baptistry chamber where uh, Augustine did this in in North Africa in the immersionist baptistry that's right there and the just the the powerful symbol that comes through. Now, as Baptists, we're obviously very committee committed to uh, credo baptism, uh, and and being able to see that symbolism work out. But how powerful is that on an Easter it, Sunday? It would have been incredible, and and especially the time that uh, you know catechumens would have spent preparing for baptism, much more detailed, much more lengthy than we're used to now. Yeah, that. That whole idea of uh, spending some time in careful prayer and fasting even before uh, coming into the water would be absolutely a- a- amazing. Maybe it's something we should uh, revisit. Yeah, the, the, there's a lot that we could recover for, for baptism practice and preparation today, which would be a great thing. When I was pastoring, I wanted Easter week to be something that was really special, that we would uh, would would try to make our church community feel uh, the weight and the importance of uh, this uh, incredible Sunday, where you know, if Paul talks about without the resurrection, we're 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 hopeless. We're without without fool. Yeah, we're, we're, we're to be pitted more than, than anyone, men. right? So why wouldn't we celebrate this as the best right. day? Forget Christmas. Let's make it all about Easter. So we would have you know Palm Sunday celebrations. We would. Uh, talk about. We do things every night of the week leading up to Easter, and then we'd have this massive celebration at Easter, and we would have baptisms on Easter, and uh, to to try to encourage uh, people who had received Christ during the year to be baptized on Easter. It was such a powerful thing for our community to be able to see. Though I think the Puritans might have something to say about. That. Oh yeah, we got to bring up the Puritans, don't we? Well. <laughs> we don't. But so, what was it with the Puritans and Easter? Why did they hate this? It was it was too papal. It it was too worldly. It, it smacked of of something that they were trying to distance themselves from. So you didn't have uh, a a papal time set aside for this. That Christmas too would go the same way. So with this idea of uh, of Easter being a papal holiday, what on earth would Puritan churches do on Easter Sunday? You could still celebrate the resurrection, but it would be in a much less um, uh, formal way, let's say. Yeah, in order to keep the regulative principle, uh, many of them just said it's just Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's, yeah. it's like every other Sunday. Yeah. It's just a Sunday. We celebrate the 
Resurrection, Resurrection Christ every Sunday, every Sunday. <laughs> instead of uh, a special Sunday. So what would happen in your uh, Puritan community if you showed up with some Easter eggs? Um, I think that could be a problem, too. <laughs> I was uh, I was reading uh, not long ago an article from um, someone who who seeks to follow Puritan uh, teaching and he he said that uh, one should definitely stay away from Easter eggs, bunnies, and other things, unless you want to grab all of those after Easter, and then you could consume all when of those they're on afterwards. Sale. When they're on sale, yes. so not only are you <clears throat> practicing frugality, it's good stewardship. <laughs> that's exactly right. But you also avoided celebrating any kind of mm. connection to a a papal holiday. Yes. So this tension with uh, Puritans and uh, and the the papal celebration. There's big scare quotes there. Mm. Uh, papal celebration of uh, uh, of Easter. Why the the insistence that we have to step away from that? I, I fear that um, uh, the, the British writer Bede, writing in the eighth century, is to blame. Uh, he laid down the idea that um, Easter was based on on the name of a pagan goddess and the practice of worship of her. Uh, the problem is that uh, we have no other confirmatory statements or evidence that uh, that was actually a correct statement. So maybe for 1,300 years, we've misunderstood exactly what the word Easter refers to. <laughs> so what you're saying is that one guy really made a difference there. Yes, and, and of course he was British, which uh, is a slight problem. <laughs> so as he's as he's writing this and, and tying this to this pagan tradition, um, this is what we see in in secular presses all the time. And there's plenty of speculation about which pagan goddess or pagan person yes. this is tied to, and. Uh, is it based on Tammuz? Is it based on Ishtar? Is it based on, you know, and, and they'll put all of these different ideas out there. What stock should we put in any of that? It is not the term that we use. It's the content of what we're remembering. It's why we are celebrating what took place. So it is the resurrection. So when we we think about this, I mean, that, that makes it uniquely Christian, right? It's it's a celebration of the, the resurrection. What what would you say to the fact that, okay, so maybe Christians did absorb a pagan holiday and then just recast it? Would that be necessarily wrong? Is that not what we would expect Christian groups maybe to do? It, it, and It's what we've done with Christmas. It, 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 it's taking, I, I don't believe it was true about Easter. But certainly with Christmas, it's what we've done, and we've turned what was bad into good. Yeah. So we that does happen. So it, it, we definitely see that with Christmas, and that'd be a conversation for another time. But in many respects, I, I think the, the academic consensus is really that Easter derived more from uh, a Latin phrase in Albus, which... Uh, had everything to do as a plural of dawn, uh, that there was a new dawning. And they talked about this of, of Easter week, like the whole week was a celebration of new beginnings, new dawnings. And this ties to that baptismal celebration. It ties to uh, the resurrection of Christ more specifically. Um, and then when you watch it work out etymologically, you, you see old high German take this term uh, and, and turn it into astarium. And then in it becomes Easter in English over the, the time 
uh, as it begins to develop. That's a little easier to understand than B just grabbing some A yeah, and because, <laughs> um, it, it, Even in the same century Bede was writing, there is Charlemagne and Charlemagne is forcing people in in the Germanic areas to convert Christianity by force. So he's certainly not one who is, uh, you know, particularly has any attraction to paganism. And yet he changes um, the the month of April to become, you know, Ostra month. Yeah. Well, if you have such a person who's concerned to Christianize Europe, he's not about to take the name of a pagan goddess and use that That's to right. describe <laughs> April. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it doesn't make any sense. So basically, we're just saying that Bede has uh, created a problem for us. Um, he has. And, and uh, it, it, it's good that we can really try and, and remember what it really referred to, that the start of new life, and, and that's exactly what we see in Christ and the resurrection and the promise and, and the hope that's ours in him. All right, so if we're going to talk about new life, explain Easter eggs. What, why eggs, and especially a bunny? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's great when you go back and you look at some of these traditions, um, the, the whole Easter egg thing uh, tied with a bunny we find in the 16th century in mm -hmm. Germany. Uh, and uh, that that whole idea and the way that we kind of celebrate shows up more in America uh, after German immigration in the 19th century. Yes, uh, you're to blame. Yeah. I, it's, well, I'm not German. What are you talking about? No, you're no. American. <laughs> An American. That's right. We'll take we'll take that. Um, it, it, that influx of immigrants really post-Civil War. And they bring in these ideas of uh, of understanding new life. And eggs yes. became a symbol of new life and new birth mm -hmm. in Christ. Um, and so these German Lutheran traditions uh, carried this forward, and then it was adapted by our culture. And so with the rabbit and the bunny bringing um, yeah, these the, eggs. These are objects that people can look at and identify with and be reminded of new life. That's exactly right. And so this this egg con conception actually is, is used in the Eastern Orthodox mm -hmm. churches where they dye eggs red to remind them of Christ's blood. Uh, the egg itself becomes symbolic of the tomb and that life uh, arises out of, uh, out of the tomb. Uh, these are concepts that, Christians have used as teaching tools, as object lessons for uh, for kids for generations. Yeah, we shouldn't be frightened when things become commercialized. What we should do is try and recover the original meaning and the ways that they were used in the history of the church. So what we have is actually pagan culture, <laughs> our culture, yes. American culture, European culture, co-opting actually Christian symbols. Right. So we have to recover them for the sake of the gospel. And what's good is they're already there and you can use them then to teach other people about what they really meant. And it's a good opportunity even as parents to be careful about um, what we do in our kids' Easter baskets and how we think through what we might place in those or uh, how we tie the gospel story to that very clearly um, and not over-commercialize it. Yeah, you don't have to uh, go 100% in rejecting everything. 
but you can have a balanced approach. So we don't need to necessarily be Puritans, but at the same time, we don't need to go the uh, opposite extreme and get no. my kid an Xbox to put in his Easter basket. Right. That, that doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> well, talk to me uh, a little bit. Uh, let's let's chat about uh, the date of Easter because it is one of those things that uh, it, it, it floats. Why do we have, you know, Christmas is set December 25th. Why on earth do we not have a set date for Easter? Uh, we have a problem um, <laughs> in, in many ways. Um, we have different calendars. That's part of the issue. So um, in, in the days of Jesus, you had a lunar calendar and a solar calendar, um, varying in lengths. Right. 16th century, you'll then have a Gregorian calendar. So all three of these are competing as to when Easter should be celebrated. Right. And how, um, in what way, and, and how you see it. So um, to try and create a date on which the church would celebrate, um, Constantine calls the Council of Nicaea 325, one of the decisions to be made is when should Easter be celebrated. The church is disagreeing about such a thing. Yeah, You have various groups at Nicaea, uh, each with their own idea of what should happen. So we could pause here and say, I think this is great for us to understand that here at 325, the church is coming together. They're defining orthodoxy. They're uh, making sure that we understand uh, who Jesus Christ is and being very clear about that to fight heresy. And one of the things that they deem essential and very important to address is how we're going to celebrate Easter and when so that we can do it in a unified fashion. Yeah, Con Constantine is very concerned to have unity and harmony across the empire. So just as ideas about the person of Christ have differed, so have uh, the practice and date of Easter. And, and the idea now is that you lay down a time when people will accept to do it in, in a unified way. And the lunar calendar wins. Uh, yes. Sort of. Yes. <laughs> so explain the date and why they said it the way they did. Um, Nicaea <laughs> decrees that Easter will be celebrated on the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. <laughs> we have a problem because the spring equinox can vary 35 days. Right. So it, it can be one day, one year, and a different month the next year. Uh, the spring equinox is, is simply one of the two times during the year when days are equal, uh, you know, night and day about the same length. So this is where I need that, um, you know, that old uh, NBC kid show music, you know, the more you know, boom, right there. Lunar calendar. It's it, well, let's, let's blame it on that. Why didn't we just celebrate with Passover? We have a problem there in that um, a, a number in the early church wanted to stay as far away as possible from what was a, a Jewish celebration. So the 14th of Nisan, you don't want to celebrate Easter anywhere in, in the beginning of that period. So you set it by a different point, which is what they agreed to do. It, it's sad to say that there's an element clearly of anti-Semitism in, in why that date was chosen. Yeah, and yet there still was controversy over that. And we have the infamous quarter deciman 
controversy relating to this. The, the church was split as to, you know, what the celebration of the resurrection should be. Uh, early Christians were all Jewish. And, and so in their understanding, they had to decide what was good to carry over into Christianity. Yeah. And, and so many elements of, of Jewish worship would come with them. What was done in the synagogue, the, the whole form of worship, uh, things would be left behind, but things would come with them. And, and the celebration of Easter, uh, especially with the new emphasis on the resurrection, was something that they clearly celebrated once a year. Right. Um, they never celebrated an Easter, as we understand it, in the early church. And, and then suddenly that is changed to become a, a, a date created by man. So you have church leaders, uh, even in the first century, but certainly into the second century, uh, debating as to what should happen and why, and, and they see it as a bad move to move away from a Passover celebration. Yeah, uh, historian Martin Goodman talks uh, a bit about this, where he uh, he says that uh, it's actually after the Bar Kokhba revolt that the church is just definite. We're not we're not going to have any more of this. We, mm -hmm. we can't keep walking um, kind of alongside you. There has to be a clear uh, division, and and therefore the, you start seeing these separation and different dates of celebration. We want to be clear that we're not celebrating the Passover. That we understand something very different, uh, and so. In the same community where there may be Jews or Christians, some of them even sharing space, perhaps yes. they're wanting to make sure that the the Roman government as well as others are being are very clear that these are different celebrations with different emphases. And so, by shifting the date, that enabled them to do and, that. And isn't that part of the issue? In the fourth century, you have the Roman Empire um, in the form of. Christians in government now, including Constantine and then Theodosius, um, wielding a power of the state to enforce what the church should do, which is always, of course, a very dangerous thing. It's always a very dangerous thing. So, of course, you know, uh, if we can have uh, Hallmark defining different holidays as well uh, in our own yeah. day. <laughs> what we are grateful for is that we serve a risen Savior and that we get to celebrate, even though it's going to be very different this year, uh, thanks to quarantines and other things, we get to celebrate a, a Savior who raises from the dead and who promises new life to all who would follow him and trust him as Savior and promise us resurrection uh, to uh, spend eternity with him someday. So we Look forward to those promises uh, that he provides for us. And we hope that you all listeners have a fantastic uh, Easter celebration as we remember the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, along with Christians who have celebrated this for almost 2,000 years. So that's all we're going to talk about, I think, today for uh, this week in church history. We look forward to seeing you next week.